Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. This week, we are throwing in a bonus episode for Keanu Weeks with Always Be My Maybe. Spoilers. Hit that music. Okay, you want to tell everybody while we're here? Oh, I'm so excited. So we told you guys we were doing four weeks of Keanu Reeves movie. Surprise! We actually have a bonus episode for you. And while this particular movie isn't exactly a Keanu Reeves movie, uh, it's adorable and he's in it. So there you go. This movie is the really the best Keanu movie because he makes so much fun of himself in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, of course, he was only in it for what? A minute. Well, a couple of minutes, but not very many. It's like two scenes. <laughs> but and in those two all. scenes, he steals the crap out of them. And he's playing Keanu Reeves, but it's a very douchebag version of Keanu, which is kind of adorable because we all know he's the nicest person alive. That's what they say, but maybe not. Yeah. Okay, so the movie that we're talking about is Always Be My Maybe, and it's a Netflix original. It came out right before COVID. Yeah, I think so. And I've already seen it like three times. So I'm probably on the Netflix algorithm where they're like, are you okay? Stop watching romantic comedies. <laughs> no, but that's what really it's like. I'm really watching well, it for the because, romance. <laughs> because you watched Always Be My Maybe, would you also like to watch the kissing booth, and possibly to all the boys I've loved before. And maybe and you're like, okay, I got it. I, need, I have a problem. I need an intervention. Does Keanu Reeves have a cameo where he plays himself in those? No, I don't think so. Nobody should. He really, <laughs> really should. So yeah, I was really glad that you suggested this movie because this was originally going to be movie four in our Keanu weeks until we switched things around and threw speed into the mix. Because really, yeah, it is not a Keanu movie. And no. so that was the thing. Is But I wanted everybody to see it because it was so funny and how he played it. I was like, yeah, we need to talk about this because it's yeah, hilarious. This, this has been a show that was on my watch list since it came out because I love Ali Wong. I love Randall Park. Totally adorable. And he may be one of my favorite comedic actors to come out of the last couple of years. Right. Mm-hmm. So between his role as like the dad from Fresh Out the Boat and Jimmy Woo in the Marvel Universe, like I just love him. He's adorable. Yeah. Uh, I think he was even in what was that movie with Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn? Oh, I yeah. I haven't seen that. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So he's like the boyfriend at the beginning of that. So you're like, wait, what? So, but I, I just love him and he's adorable. And then to see that Keanu has this, this little cameo in here. Very cute. So I'm glad we well, – but it's been on my list for a year, and I did not watch it until about three hours ago. So that's that's kind of how I've been rolling during the pandemic. Add all sorts of interesting content, watch none of it. So Yeah, I know. It's been happening. It's mm-hmm. understood. Yeah. Always Be My Maybe is – so the main people in it are actually Randall Park and Ali Wong. Uh, that's the That's the romance behind it. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in San Francisco, which is very exciting because I just moved as far away from San Francisco as I could get, but still remain in the time zone. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, last time I went there, I uh, I uh, almost stepped in human feces. So that's fun. 
Oh, <laughs> I've, I've had that happen downtown Houston before. So yeah. Oh, no, it's just a city thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little worse in San Francisco from what I understand. But <gasps> oh, San Francisco. <laughs> but so they were in the Pacific Heights area of San Francisco, which is very, very expensive now. But they were showing it back in the late 90s, early 2000s, where maybe somebody could afford it. I still don't think it was right. possible. But I don't anyway. know. Those were like full house days. Very, very expensive area. It's going to be hard to not call these characters by uh, uh, Ali Wong and Randall Park, but technically it is Sasha Tran and Marcus Kim. Yes. I have a feeling we won't be hearing much Sasha and Marcus. <laughs> Probably not, no. The Ali and Randall. They sold this as a when Harry met Sally for like um, Asian Americans, I think is how they were trying to sell it. Hmm. And I think that it came across just as good and super cute. So um, I was pre- I was pretty happy because it starts out with them as children, right? Yep. But they're next door neighbors to each other. And um, Ali Wong's parents were never around because they were so busy all the time. And so she was basically raising herself. So she was always over at uh, Randall Park's house, even though these are different people that were playing these characters when they're children. But mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't- but that's still them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know who they are. Um, So it basically becomes this kind of larger extended family. What I thought was adorable as they show them like progressing and and being friendly and, you know, doing the little teenager punching in the shoulder and and all those little goofing around uh, moments. It was really adorable. But then they snap to current day actors trying to play like 14 year olds with the braces. (laughs) It was just so awkward. We want you to look younger so you get braces. (laughs) And what they did to Randall Park's hair. So bad. It was super funny because, you know, you're trying to age them down, but they are, but you know them as grown ass adults. So it's really hard to do that. It's very (laughs) awkward looking. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very awkward looking, which made it even more awkward when Marcus Kim's mom had passed away in an accident. And it was sounded like it was right after they were, had graduated from high school. So there was, it was really emotional, really sad. They had this funeral and then the two of them had awkward sex in the back of his like civic. As you do. Yeah. And it was super awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's always super awkward. It was awkward to watch and it was awkward to watch the aftermath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was awkward because these were grown ass adults dressed as teenagers. <laughs> I just like, she's like, where'd you get the condom? He's like, you know, seventh grade, and this lady came to the school and showed us how to like use it on a banana. She's like, "Did you practice it on a banana?" He's like, "Well, I didn't practice it on a banana at home." You're like, "Okay, ew." And then I'm thinking, <laughs> "Was this the same condom? Did you just roll it up and put it back in the package? Because that's not safe." I hope that the nurse explained that they are not <laughs> reusable. I hope so. But that was it. Was very funny. But there was kind of this fight that people get into when they're mourning, where you know you don't understand because I'm mourning differently than you. That mm-hmm. happens, right? I think it right. happens all every time somebody goes through something tragic. Mm-hmm. And so then they just kind of split apart and go their separate ways for something like fifteen years. Yeah, again, as you do when you've awkwardly had sex with your bestie and then had a fight in a Burger King and had to storm out, probably having left your underpants in the backseat of the Civic. We're missing out on the comedy that's here Mm -hmm. because just the timing is impeccable. And then like the Burger King employee, for example, is like, 
well, you can take this to go and maybe eat it in your car and cry. <laughs> cry. <laughs> it was so great. And I, I actually really love that it was like the guy who gets that response because that is much more likely kind of the stereotypical response that a girl is going to be mm-hmm. given. Ha, you know, had somebody seen that same thing? Oh, if you want to go sit in the car and cry or eat in shame, it's fine. You don't usually hear that going towards the guy. So that was actually kind of refreshing. Yeah. Flash forward 15 years, and Ali Wong is like celebrity chef. She is famous. Like they're showing her pictures on all these covers of newspapers, and um, she's invited to all these five-star events, or five-star events. I don't know what a five-star event is, but I'm sure it's fabulous, <laughs> and she would have been invited. And it's nothing uh, we will ever be at. So Yes, I know. I do not have to spend more than $40 on any gown at any time. <laughs> No, I can't remember the last item of clothing I spent more than $40 on at all. I I don't think I've ever owned anything that could be referred to as a gown. (laughs) I had a wedding gown. Does that count? I I got married on a beach, so it was kind of like not not gowny. You had a gown. That was a gown. For the most part, gowns are not in my – they're not in my wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If we end up at one of those events, we have walked through the wrong door. That is what yeah. has happened. So. <laughs> or we're catering. We are you know? catering. We are the DJs. I am the photographer. I have yep. I have attended a lot of weddings as photographer. So that part I get. But I don't wear a gown for that either. Wouldn't that be like super awkward? So weird. You're like, hold on. Let me just move my train. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Ali Wong. Sasha. Yes. Sasha is looking fabulous. And it's uh, you can kind of see her going in there being like a uh, boss bitch and you know doing her thing but still like everybody has to love her and she has the cutest assistant Michelle Batu I love her I love her as yeah. a comedian and I love her in this role she's so cute the whole yeah. thigh gap water bottle comment just cracks me up because I get that I- I feel that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so her name's Veronica. So she's the uh she's the assistant and she is hilarious. So she's super pregnant at the moment. Um but you can tell that like she's best friends with Ali Wong. They uh talk back and forth without any concern even though she's her boss, you know. Yeah. Apparently a very good assistant is what it seemed like as well. I was wondering if she was more than an assistant cuz later on she like leaves her behind in San Francisco. So she seems to be like running that restaurant or managing that yeah, restaurant. Yeah. So I'm not sure what or her maybe role she's actually like, is. Yeah, it, and it could be something like publicist or something as well like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. We and, don't we don't get to see her resume, but I kind of would like to, so I'm interested. Yeah. She's opening a restaurant in San Francisco, and so for all of the openings, she goes to them, but I guess she just stays while they open and then, you know, trains up the staff on how to cook her food and then just leaves. I think that's pretty standard on celebrity restaurants. Yeah, and it's kind of fun, though, mm-hmm. because she gets to travel the world. She always has these big fancy rented uh, houses, things like that. Mm-hmm. So she went back to San Francisco to open some kind of weird ass uh, place. It was some kind of fusion. They're always this Asian fusion. Yeah. You know, I like eating food. And you mm-hmm. go to some of these restaurants and these beautiful like fusion restaurants and you're like, oh, hey, everything you get is... It's a thimble full. <laughs> or yeah, it's just really small and it's similar to what you would get, but always something a little bit different. Like, you it's, know... It's like, it's fancier, but much more disappointing. Yeah. So that's yeah I, I hate usually- going to fancy places and I hate going to these different places, like especially, okay, so uh, I went with our friend Jenny to this author event up in the Woodlands a couple of years ago. 
And Kevin Kwan, the guy who wrote Crazy Rich Asians, was there as the keynote speaker or whatever. And he's actually from the Clear Lake area. So he's like went to school with my cousin, like that kind of thing. So I was very interested in going to see this. And so, I mean, these tickets were not cheap. They were pricey. And we get in there. And, you know, normally when you go to any kind of a banquet dinner, it's like – a grilled chicken and vegetable mix and a salad and a roll and a dessert that's already above your plate. You know, the whole thing. It's very normal, right? So we go to this thing and I guess because it's Kevin Kwan and it's all this, you know, Singapore stuff or whatever, they're like, let's just do an entire Asian menu, which is super bad for Liz, who's allergic to fucking everything. And I'm not kidding. I took, I, I think I may have said, even sent it to you. It's like, I took a picture of the menu from this event and there, every single dish, everyone, I'm not even exaggerating, had at least one ingredient that I was deathly allergic to. And I was like, oh, okay. So I will be getting a bag of Doritos from the hotel gift shop. Perfect. S- super glad. The plate cost is still the same. And, and yeah. for some reason, the coconut lobby was in charge of the menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm telling you, it was like, okay, we've got the coconut curry, this and the pineapple mango that and beets, their beets were there, Thai peanut. I'm telling you, I was like, are are, are you kidding me? Like, And Jenny has a lot of food allergies as well. So she couldn't eat anything on the menu either. I was like, we called the catering manager over. We're like, do you have just like a literal grilled chicken breast? He's like, no, it's got this coconut sauce on it. I'm like, well, I'm dead. Like, that's, nope, guess we just won't be eating today. So, yeah, <laughs> good times. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I was like, uh, Something similar happened to my friend, and they were like, um, well, we do have uh, this extra bottle of wine. <laughs> She's like, so I'm having fruit salad for dinner. It's delightful. It's fermented fruit that's made up of grapes. Yep. It's fine. It's like, yeah, somebody can drink without having had any, any dinner. <laughs> what could go it's wrong? Not- what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Yes. So, but it does look like a fun little, uh, fun little restaurant, but it is going to be Asian f- fusion. And, you know, it's San Francisco and now we're at present day. So it's going to be fancy ass San Francisco and, yeah. you know, ridiculously expensive. No burritos on the menu that I could see. So I'm very disappointed. Mm, no burritos. <laughs> if, if, if a restaurant doesn't have a burrito on the menu in some sort, I'm going to be a little sad. I'm going to be a little disappointed. Now, I count egg rolls Mm -hmm. in the category because why not? Sure. That's as close (laughs) as you're going to get, probably. Yeah. But so Marcus has been working for his dad's company, um, which is in HVAC. So he they had somebody come over to like install a air conditioner in their rental house so that's when they they see each other again it's the first time and also super awkward and i love super awkward with them because you could tell that they didn't want it to continue to be awkward they did they didn't know how to break out of it but they were also pretty good at at least acknowledging the awkward part which was kind Mm -hmm. of kind of nice because usually it's just like (laughs) and then the dad comes in and he's like, oh, my gosh, Sasha, there you are. And he's like, how much money do you have now? And she's like, ha, ha, ha. He's like, no, he's he's not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like they needed each uh, – they, they needed third parties to calm them down, you know. And then yeah. there was um, when Allie was using her uh, telephone voice, you know, the voice that we use when we're trying to sound professional and, and, and maybe uh, sound a little more enthusiastic than we are, you know, mm-hmm. that voice. And Randall Park called her out on it, said, why are you using this telephone voice? 
And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Veronica comes in or whatever her name is. And she's like, don't you use your phone voice on me. He's like, mm, 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 mm. So. <laughs> I know it was funny. <laughs> that kind of broke a little bit of the ice. So Mr. Kim, which is uh, Randall Park's dad, invited her to go see his band play. Not mm-hmm. Mr. Kim's band, but Randall Park's band. And their band has been playing for 16 years with um, no apparent income from it. Right. Well, why would you want it that? Hello, Peril. And so it's been around for 16 years, but it apparently Park's rap persona in the film is based on his early music career as a member of the 1990s Bay Area hip hop group called Ill Again. Fun (laughs) fact. So that's kind of fun. So so he actually can rap a little bit and he and he co-wrote several of the rap songs for the movie. So oh, the tennis ball one was hilarious. They are fun. They're so much fun. It's I, it is hip hoppy, right? Yeah, but it's just it just has a different hip-hop. feel to it because it because there wasn't there there's uh, more drums than one would expect, and you know, like things like that. Well, it's, it was but, funny because the music is not necessarily hip hop ish music, but the rapping on top of it was. So it was it was a, mm-hmm. f- a fusion in and of itself. Yeah, and it really is fun. I mean, and you could sit there and listen to it and like, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, I can see why people go to this. I would go and see this band, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't quite tell you exactly what any of the lyrics were, except for the one at the end, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. That one was great. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I want this album. Yeah, I know. The soundtrack I think for this movie would be so this, cute. I think it would be a good soundtrack. I may get it. I may see if it's available. Yeah. I don't know. Do that. It may not be. Um, so who would have ever thought that Randall Park would be fun to listen to rap? Um, I didn't think that was even a thing. Because remember when I was trying to convince you to watch the show the first time around? I was like, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, the dad from Fresh Off the Boat raps. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sign me up. <laughs> anyway, they basically uh, develop a friendship again. And it's super fun because, uh, so Ali Wong is in town for, it sounded like three or four months while mm-hmm. this restaurant was being picked up. By the way, she had a fiance and her fiance was Daniel Day Kim. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his real name or what his acting name was. Dude's hot. Okay? Brandon Choi. Brandon Choi. All right. Dude is good looking. You know, I forget how good looking he is. And then I see him and I'm like, this good looking man. <laughs> Anyway, um, so everybody loves Daniel by Kim. It's hard not to. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Any, adorable. Yes. So I, I loved it at the beginning. And, you know, women kind of, I, it's kind of stereotypical, but like he convinced her that they should see other people whilst Ugh. being engaged we're to gonna make have sure. a little break and we're it's just like a long bachelor party and we can totally hook up with other people yeah and then like who and falls that way for this we shit? know for sure and and you can see her repeating these lines that he mm-hmm. told her to veronica and veronica's like <laughs> What uh-huh. in the fuck? I, you know it's, what, though? I just finished writing my manuscript on my book about the same kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, I see. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, Moron. just what to it was especially fun, though, was because her uh, her little cousin was having a birthday party. And um, <laughs> she saw some kind of picture on uh, the Internet of her fiance with um, some beautiful... 
No, it's yeah. I think she was the girl from Top Chef, isn't she? Padma, yeah. what's her name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was um yeah, the Top Chef lady. Model lady, yeah. They were working on a restaurant and so he calls to talk about her her brand and what they could do with their restaurant because, you know, and and she just flips her shit at him, starts <laughs> screaming at him on the phone. And good for her because uh-huh. I wouldn't have held it together. I would have started crying because I cry when I'm mad, mm. which pisses me off by the way. Of course. BT dubs. Yep. And she's screaming and she's like i'm flipping you off so hard right now so <clears throat> funny and she, she starts screaming at him all kinds of obscenities realizes she's in front of an open window at a children's <laughs> party and there's a petting zoo outside <laughs> and everyone's turned and staring at her <laughs> everyone's looking at her and, and the goat handler was like i'm gonna need you to calm down you're upsetting the goats <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've been that person at not the goat handler. I'm pretty sure I've been the person screaming obscenities at my significant other on the phone at many a children's party. So and they keep inviting me. I don't know. (laughs) You know, and then it's like, okay, now I just have to pretend I just didn't just lose my shit. But Mm -hmm. okay, well, we'll just continue on like that did not happen. (laughs) But I like that she and Marcus to just like, end up at the cafe like we are here and we are back and i'm venting and it's a great time even though you've got this super weird not your wife yeah she's like we're married he's like we're not married she's like we are yeah pretty well married he's like but like not at all (laughs) yeah so yeah he has this girlfriend and this girlfriend is like this super hippie uh she's everything that you would expect to be in uh san francisco just like a Oh, we're so spiritually connected. And by the way, you know, I've been to San Francisco. Not everybody's like that, but there are a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're so spiritually connected. That's what we got married. And she's like, he's, that's when, um, Ali Wan's like, you're married. He's like, well, no, not really. And she's like, just spiritually and mentally. He's like, but not, but actually. not actually <laughs> uh, at all or legally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she wanted to cook for the famous Sasha Tran. <laughs> and so she cooked spaghetti with Vienna sausages on it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that looks like some shit I would make. Uh, she's she's like, tell her that I love her enthusiasm, but not her food. <laughs> but then she she did so make funny. a comment about how do you even get dreadlocks and Asian hair? Like I don't understand. Like yeah, yep. it was impressive. The banter back and forth is just hilarious, and especially mm-hmm. this. Uh, you know, I believe a crochet hooks involved, and yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's the their relationship is so authentic. Like it mm-hmm. just feels like what you would say with your dude best friend when you're mm-hmm. when you're doing this kind of stuff. So yeah, and they really got kind of comfortable back into their roles, but you start to see some trends going on here. By the way, and I'm sure we're going to have to say it in the intro. Um, spoilers. <laughs> I think we've blown that ship. (laughs) But you can see, though, that Marcus, like, they they keep mentioning over and over again, like, Marcus doesn't want to go and try and play at any other clubs because he likes this club. He doesn't want to go to this other neighborhood because nobody knows them over there. And they're like, you know, the rest of the band's like... They don't know us over there because we never play we over there. Gone. And he's like, I have to be at home with my dad. I'm his caretaker and I have to help him run this business. Uh, I'm not going to college because I have to stay home for my dad. He needs me. His dad's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so, so you see that part of him. 
And then you start seeing uh, kind of Sasha is the opposite because she'll start. She hated her childhood so much because of being abandoned basically by her family. Yeah, there they went to this restaurant. And he's like, "Why do you, why are we going here? This restaurant's terrible." He's like, "This restaurant is excellent. You just have it tainted because in your head you're thinking of this terrible childhood." And so you know he made her eat something, and she's like, "You're right. This is good." He's like, "Yeah, you've just got shit filters on." Uh, so. Yeah, and I love I love. She's like, "It's a shame they always." wanted us to learn how to speak Cantonese. And then he did. And he goes, you get better service that way. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> it was really cute. I thought it was cute, too. There's something about kind of going back to these old little dive restaurants that you went to when you were in high school or junior mm-hmm. high like that. Sometimes, most of the time, I find it's the opposite. It's like, this stuff is shit. Was it always this shit? Yeah, I have found that a lot. A lot of the little diners that we used to find, Mm -hmm. like in Midtown or over in the Montrose area or whatever, you know, it's like we're sneaking over here in high school and early in college when we probably ought not have been there. And we're like, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. This little Greek place, blah, blah, blah. And then you go back later, you're like, God, I just had no, uh, no idea what good food tasted like. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so apparently it sounds like sometimes the Kims, you know, Randall Park and uh, Mr. Kim work for favors instead of money because, you know, they're just kind of part of the community like that. Right. Um, so, so at one point they're getting a couple's massage. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> He's like, you have got so much dead skin on your face. Like, yeah. I, Oh, I know. When they wrote that, all the skin <laughs> on his face. I was like, Yeah. It's like, yep, that's that kind happens. of what happens anytime you go to one of those spa days. It sounds like it's going to be romantic or at least relaxing. And you usually just end up slightly bruised and flaking from every corner of your mm-hmm. body. Yeah. But uh, during this couple's massage, Mr. Kim basically kind of told Marcus that he's just being a dipshit for not going after Allie. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I've got Jenny. He's like, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So then he says, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go tell her. Anyway, they meet up the next morning at a farmer's market. And he's going to mm-hmm. tell her. He says, I've got something I want to tell you. And she says, I'm so excited because I have something I want to tell you. I met somebody. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right. Um, and so then he's like, "Ah, you know, this happens in every single movie. Every single movie, like romantic comedy, has this scene in it. Of course. <laughs> the, I'm about like, to do it. Oh, hopes dashed. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. And then so he's like, okay, I was just thinking that um, I just wanted to let you know that uh, uh, Jenny really liked you and, and maybe we sh- and wanted to hang out again. Right. And she- we'll have dinner. Dinner. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. That won't be yeah. awkward at all. Yeah, because that's something I really needed to tell you. And she's like, let's double date. <laughs> okay. So this next scene, the double date scene, is where we're introduced to Allie's new boyfriend, and so okay i'm gonna have to set the stage here Mm -hmm. it's another fancy restaurant super fancy and very blue yes randall park is wearing his high school prom tuxedo because he was told it was fancy and it's like maroon (laughs) yeah and a velvet bow tie (laughs) yeah i mean it was was awesome but everyone else there is in worn out t-shirts and yeah Exactly. And so like he even like asks, he says, what's going on? I thought this was a fancy place and nobody's in a tux. And she goes, oh, I probably should have mentioned it. Like rich people now, like 
dress a little like homeless people. She's <laughs> like, they're wearing $1,000 t-shirts that look like they stole them off the homeless guy. But I love because not only is he wearing his like maroon prom tux from 1998, mm-hmm. Jenny, the girlfriend, is wearing a matching like maroon velour dress that looks like it came out of Beetlejuice or something is all I kept thinking about watching this was like the dinner scene from Beetlejuice where Mm -hmm. they're just expecting them to break into some sort of Calypso song so yeah and then Allie's like and Jenny's dressed perfect and she's like thank you Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, you can tell, though, Jenny is starstruck by Allie, right? Because yeah. Allie's the celebrity chef. Because who else would she serve Vienna sausages to? Like, mm. really? I was Fancy. very worried that she was going to say she was freaking and uh, that like, <laughs> and that food came out of the dumpster. But she did not. So oh, I felt very no. I felt better about that. It probably did, though. It probably did. Uh, because, you know, like canned Vienna sausages can last quite a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If they stay in the can. In fact, yeah, that's very shelf stable. I could have used that at the beginning of COVID. It would still be in the shelf. <laughs> okay. Besides the point. So she's like, okay, so where's your date? And she's like, oh, he's coming. Oh, there he is. And so then, <laughs> now this is directorial beautiful. And you've probably seen gifts of it. Mm-hmm. The camera pans around. And so then AWOL Nation's sale starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> And walking through the door is Keanu Reeves. He's got the fan on him. The whole, the hair's oh, blowing. His hair's blowing. He's slow-mo. coming in slow-mo. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's awesome. It's like the it's, greatest entry ever. It was amazing because he's like kind of throwing the hair. His hair's a little bit longer. And, you know, he's got that high sculpted beard thing happening. So he looks like that guy from the Hunger Games, you know, the one they mm-hmm. killed the first one. And he's just like, literally, he's like waving and blowing kisses and, you know, catching kisses and turning around and talking to random people. And it's it, Jenny's like, oh, my God. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, I think he said, I think he's like, it's fucking Keanu Reeves. <laughs> something like that. But it's all slow-mo. And then all of a sudden you see, click, because she has popped around to take their picture and what their facial expression looks like seeing that Keanu Reeves is coming to have dinner with them for the first time. She's like, you'll never see it again. Greatest picture ever. I know. I, I was like, I would it. totally do that shit. I totally <laughs> would do that too. Oh, it was so funny. And so you start seeing this poor Randall Park is like, how can I compete with Keanu Reeves? And they right. have some serious PDA when they introduce each other. Yes. So he, they're, they're making out and all this. And then all of a sudden she turns to introduce them and Jenny just like attaches herself to Keanu's chest. She's like, <gasps> you know, and Randall's like, motherfucker. I know. Like, Lost the boat. It both. was so <laughs> funny. So now keep in mind that Keanu is playing this perfect. He is playing like this heightened, egotistical, um, so self actualized. It's ridiculous. He yeah, might as well ridiculous. be floating on a cloud in the lotus position. He was super hilarious because he was just. I, I honestly, this made the movie. Um, yeah. His how he played himself in there because he took himself so seriously. What was it that he said? Like right there at the beginning, like where Marcus said they went to high school. So, oh, I left high school to fulfill my dreams. I quit high school and went to work. That's how you make dreams happen. Or I don't know something like that. It was just <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> uh, and then he talked about his glasses. He's like, there's not even lenses in them. <laughs> <laughs> They're for a roll. Mm. <laughs> 
It's like, dear God. <laughs> and Marcus, poor Marcus, is just getting madder and madder and more annoyed. But what can you do? Because it's fucking Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, so and the restaurant is so pretentious. So we got to talk about how pretentious this restaurant is. Oh, my God. Because, Died. okay, so Keanu first asks the waiter if he has any dishes that play with the concept of time. It was the best. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the response is, yes, actually, of we course. do. We have a pair of headphones that we'll give you that will make the exact noise of the animal you are eating as you are eating it. At, that As he was killed or something. Yeah, yeah, or like something, it was I ridiculous. Know, something along those lines. And they're like, mm, yes, that is... Perfect. And then they, I mean, there's a couple other questions and whatnot, but you get to the point where they're all sitting around eating like with their headphones on. And, mm -hmm. you know, like Jenny's doing her thing and Marcus is like, ew, like what, what is that? Like yeah. he's got this total like ew face and Allie's just literally eating. Like she's not paying like, any attention to anything. And he turned to Keanu and he's, he's very in depth that he's cutting his meat so slowly. And then he just bursts into tears. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't watch any of the rest of this movie, go find this dinner scene and then the one following it because yeah, pure gold. Because pure gold. Really, I know. It really made the movie. And so then he's like, oh, hold on. I got to do my rounds. Oh, I uh, need some air. I need air. Yeah. So he gets up to go have air and Jenny goes with him because she yeah. also likes air. Yeah. And so this is when Randall starts yelling at Allie. He's like, um okay, this place is pretentious and I'm starving. And <laughs> That's how I feel every time I go to something like that. I'm like, the food is not that great. There was one bite of it. And now I have to go eat like, a, you know, a big ass quarter pounder meal or something because I mm -hmm. can't fucking do it. Like, you know, <laughs> so, so uh, Keanu comes back in. He's like, uh, you know, they're getting ready to go. And he's like, well, we got to get the check. And he says, oh, that's what I was said when I was going to get air. He goes, it was $6,400, less than one of my residual checks from the hit movie Speed. <laughs> and he's like, and he like cups, cups Marcus's <laughs> face with his hand. And he's like, it's, it's a little out of your ballpark. And it was just like, <gasps> whoa. I mean, it is, but Jesus, you yeah. know. <laughs> And that's, so a, that's the thing, like, we have talked throughout all of Keanu Weeks about the evolution of the Reeves, uh -huh. if you will, yeah. from from our delightful stint in uh, Point Break, getting a little bit better in speed, and just kind of moving up the evolutionary ladder here, to this point where he is beyond self-actualized, and he is now self-deprecating in a delicious way. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was hilarious. And Randall gets even madder, was like, hey, you think you guys can get me, a, since I spent $6,400, you think you guys can get me a burrito? A monochromatic burrito. <laughs> yeah. So see, that must be where I was thinking that, you know, it's not a good restaurant until a burrito so is served. It's probably exactly. from this one. So the next scene, they are, they've left dinner and now they go back to Keanu's place for games and such, as you do. Which I, you know, here's a, we do a lot of games nights and stuff and we have a lot of couples they're fun to do with and some of them mm, less. And you're just like, how do I get out of here? Like, how do I? And he's like, I would love to introduce. She's like, can we like call down to the front desk? Maybe they've got cranium or something. And he's like, oh no, I don't remember what it was called. It was like vice. What was it? Vice? Something? I don't know, but it was, it was some, well it was some game that was inter, it was, uh, introduced to him by the, 
uh, critically acclaimed director of John Wick. Blah blah blah. <laughs> he just kept throwing these little little digs in there. And of course, Marcus is getting madder and madder. But this this game, and it's asking like really creepy, ridiculous yeah, questions. Yeah, he says it's like truth or dare, but more apocalyptic or something. Yeah, but then it's like, what is the weirdest uh, celebrity you have ever masturbated to, or something? It's just like, uh, okay, you. And then it's like, she's like, uh, Allie says, what'd she say? Um, oh, Gene Wilder. She's like Gene Wilder. Yeah. Jenny yeah. says Mao Zedong, which you're like, yeah. okay. And then Marcus said, oh, who was it? It was a con- it was a cartoon. Yeah, it was Princess Jasmine. That's what it was. Jasmine with her her bare midriff. And he's like, yeah. a car- and Keanu's like, a cartoon? That's fucking disgusting. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> he's like, more disgusting than Gene Wilder. He's like, he is a... He's a, a, a cinematic a genius, treasure. Yeah. <laughs> and what about Mao Zedong? It is important to know the cultural attaches and blah, blah, blah. It's just so and, pretentious. And he, starts, he starts naming all of these uh, Chinese dictators, too. Like, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> and then it just gets to uh, the next question that Keanu pulls is like, in this room, who would you kill first? And he just goes, <laughs> I would kill Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> just flat out. Marcus is like, what the? Like, and then Jenny says... I'd kill Marcus too. And she's like, Jenny. And he goes, I'm sorry, but uh, Keanu and Sasha's uh, uh, cultural footprint is much too big. <laughs> it's a, much larger than yours. yours is. Yeah. The world, I could not, I could not take that away from the world. <laughs> and this is, he's like, uh, Keanu's like, you man should not be afraid of his own death. He should be willing, brave enough to face it. He's like, all right, hit yourself over the head with that vase. And he does. And it's yeah. totally psychotic because he's like, and you're like, dear God, like, yeah, so, yeah, Keanu breaks this vase over his head and it is clearly something a crazy person do. Because at first you're like, okay, dude's a little odd, now right? he's bleeding. He's got like blood yeah. running down his forehead and Jenny's like, you're bleeding, like weirdly <laughs> odd. And then he's like, what's good? What's good, Marcus? Do you want to, you want to punch me in the face? You want to hit me in the face? Do it. Hit me in the face. Yeah, do it. So he goads him into actually like attacking him and punching him. <laughs> it's just the bizarrest yeah. thing ever. And yep. Allie's like, what is happening? Like, we are out of here. And she's like, I'm going to, Jenny's like, I'm going to stay because I might need his help with the community center. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, but Marcus, man, full on punched him, though. And uh, it was pretty impressive compared mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't expect it. But then he went out to punch him again. And Keanu kind of did this, like, headlock head, yeah headlock thing but it was really awkward all of this was like yeah we're used to seeing john wick and this is not john wick yeah, right it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, was like the it, yogi kind of went and took some steroids and then tried to take someone down but it was it, yeah it was just yeah. awkward it was super awkward it was hilarious and so but that was the last we saw of keon mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, this is what I love is Keanu was like, um, I'm just going to call you guys an Uber. And they're like, that's a good idea. So he calls up an Uber. And you, the next scene, you see Allie and Randall yelling at each other in the back of the Uber. Then they just start making out. As you do. Right? Because this is how every romantic comedy goes, right? Well, there's um, a lot of sexual it, tension that's built up to this point. It's fine. I know. You've been hanging out with Keanu all night. I can see that. It um, happens, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think even Marcus was turned on by that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so they start making out. And then they pan to the front. And you see the driver going, oh, like, oh, my God. And then they also, then the pr- front passenger side. 
guy. There's a guy's like, hey, I'm at the next stop here. Right. He's a pool. And like, they, he's they, in a fucking Uber pool. <laughs> but they like fall into bed together. And then you're just watching him lay there in the afterglow. And they both just start laughing. He's like, he totally called an Uber pool, like the cheapest option you could get. And you know he did that on purpose. She's like, yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm just imagining Keanu Reeves even understanding what an Uber pool is. Anyway, so that's basically how they get together. There's more to the movie, but yeah. I want to make sure that we really fully discussed Keanu. <laughs> well, that is that is the point of this month. And... There's so much. Oh my, I'd love it. I love, like the movie would have been really cute on its own without it, but with it, it is just elevated to the next level of what did I just watch and can I watch it again? Yeah. But, so that, I mean, they, they get together and, and then boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy, boy gets girl back. That's kind of how it does it. I don't know. Do we want to go like through every step of the process here? Nah, I don't know. I'm we, good. Yeah. I mean, there was, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some hilarious parts of this. Yeah. But you need to just watch it. We're, we're talking about the Keanu. Yeah. We're really focused on Keanu and the, everything that led up to the Keanu. So at the very end of the movie, they're doing their cuddling and whatever. And he's like, do you think everybody knows that I've, uh, I punched, uh, Keanu Reeves? Like, <laughs> She's like, I don't know, but maybe you should write a song about it just in case. <laughs> so cue the credits. The most awesome song starts playing and it is definitely Hello Peril. I think it's called I Punch Keanu in the Face or something. So yeah, and it is fantastic. so hilarious. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. First, so there's references to John Wick about him punching John Wick, about him uh, punching Neo. And apparently he even sent it to Keanu and asked him, were his okay on it? And Keanu gave him a couple more lines. Right. <laughs> From what I understand. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I'm telling you for real, I punched Neo. He could duck bullets, but he couldn't duck me. If I can get a sample of it, I'll try and throw it in here. But if I can't, I can't. Our entire Keanu Weeks life yeah. is in this... Uh, See, we picked the right movies then. They're tied yeah, all this. together in this rap song. Now I, I'm totally going to download that song, by the way. That and the the one about the tennis balls. So, Yeah, the tennis ball one is fun too. I mean, super yeah. fun. Uh, Bounce Back is the name of it. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of really cute stuff that happens here. She makes amends with the family. He makes him, mm -hmm. you know, has a deal with the dad where the dad's like, get the fuck out. I don't need, you're not my caregiver. He's like, I'm totally fine. Like, what is wrong yeah. with you? Uh, and he also sits around smoking weed all the time, which is also kind yep. of adorable. You start to see, even though she did have a huge career, they'd both been kind of stalled for the last 15 years. Well, they're stalled in different ways. Like he's not moving forward and all she's doing is moving forward. Exactly. Like, he's he's stuck at home and she is avoiding home at all costs. And any kind of intimacy or like real intimacy or, you know, settling down or or just forgiving her parents for working their asses off, probably so that she could do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. Because yeah. as asshole, selfish teenage kids, we don't understand any of that. We just understand our parents aren't home and we're having to yeah. make ourselves spam and rice for dinner. Exactly. And I mean, like, honestly, you think that the the loving family next door that she spent most of her time with would kind of make it so it wasn't as bad. But apparently she still well, was very upset. Well, I think they upset. did. But I think that, well, obviously, you're still going to resent your own parents. She absolutely loved, especially his mom, but both of his parents, because they were so kind to her and they included her in all the things. 
And that's why the conclusion of the movie with her restaurant in New York was super sweet and, you know, kind of dedicated his mom. But it's also why I think they had the big break for 15 years was because she was grieving his mom's loss just as much as he was, Mm -hmm. just in a different way. And he couldn't understand that because he's like, that's not even your family. You've got family. This is my pain. This is my hurt. And she's like, no, I'm hurting too. And you're being a dick. So yeah, it's like, and while you want to be there and supportive and as understanding as you can, when somebody's also crapping on your pain, it's hard to stay. It's hard to stay caring. Yeah, I think that there was enough anger and embarrassment, right, that it was time for her to leave. And so and I think that she probably remembered that when she thought about her childhood with him, too. So she was Mm -hmm. kind of bitter towards it. Of Um, course. You know, fun fact, though, about uh, going back to Keanu, because I mean, he's the best part of the movie. Honestly, Mm -hmm. sorry. Actually, the rap was pretty fun, too. Yeah. So he was filming John Wick 3 when he did this uh, cameo. Mm -hmm. So there's the New York part that's filmed, you know, with the Mm -hmm. Continental and everything. And then there's like a Morocco part. Mm -hmm. And there was three days in the middle. And he flew to San Francisco to film this two scenes Mm. and then flew back to Morocco, like during that little break. So nice. I mean, that was really cool because, I mean, he was busy. He was previously committed. He didn't have to do any of that. He um, is a professional. And, and you know, he was tired and probably sore. Yeah. You know, it's not like the John Wick movies are easy. <laughs> no, not exactly. And it just, uh, let's just face it. Long flights suck anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, but, you know, he's going to be in the most comfortable of the well, flight. Yeah. You hope. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who'd just be like, oh, no, no, I'll take the coach seat. It's fine. <laughs> Let somebody else take the nice seeds. So. so you sit there and you wonder, like, how much amplified is this character? It did seem like he did have a lot of fun playing pretentious. But from what I understand, he's not. Yeah, that's that's what the rumor is anyway. I mean, you never know until you meet somebody. And I think that's that's kind of what it was. They were, both Ginny and Marcus were like, oh, my God, it's Keanu Reeves. He's amazing. And then you just realize that they're not always as mm-hmm. amazing as we think they are. Yeah, I think you'd have to be really comfortable in your reputation as a yeah. very nice person yeah. um, in order to feel comfortable doing this. Because even if you are a little douchey, you wouldn't want to amplify your douchiness on television, like make well, fun of I it think, like that. I, I think that you have to be someone who doesn't, you know, have a whole bunch of toxic masculinity going on for sure. You can't poke fun at yourself if you're hanging on to your ego. I know. But you but you wonder if you got somebody that had a super huge ego, if mm-hmm. it wouldn't seem ridiculous to them. Like, okay, so let's put Val Kilmer in, you know? <laughs> what I actually think about is how Jason Statham plays his character in Spy, because mm-hmm. he's so serious and, you know, balls to the wall and dripping masculinity and all of this stuff in all of these spy movies that he's in. And then you put him in that movie and he is playing such a caricature of his spy persona. Like it's just over the top and ridiculous that that just makes me love him even more because you know, that's what he's doing. He's totally making fun of his own career and his own movies because that's it's just the opposite of how those roll. And it was very yeah. cute. And I like it when actors can do that. I do too. I really like it when they understand that they're an exception. Acknowledge it and, and yeah. you know, have fun with it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you want to be in on the joke, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the fun part. But and if you can, Val like Kilmer a lot of people definitely can't. definitely not in on the joke. Val Kilmer is the joke. Yeah, that's that's kind of it for Keanu Weeks. Do we have any internet quotes this week? Yes. It's from Twitter again, at New York in LA 2121. That's a 
quite a handle. Mm-hmm. If, if you cook your kale with a little coconut oil, it makes it easier to scrape it into the garbage. <laughs> Follow me for more cooking tips. <laughs> I approve of that one right there. I've always said that kale and now cauliflower have got the best PR agents in the world. I don't know how much the big kale is paying to uh, to convince everyone that it's amazing, but they are earning their keep because woof. I only like it like in soup and like green. Mm-hmm. So like it I, has to be oiled and, and sauteed <laughs> to the point where it's no longer kale. Yeah, no, I like it in no form. And I had somebody, do, you know what? I heard that if you cook the kale chips like this, that they taste like potato chips. I'm like, that is a fucking Bullshit. lie. It tastes like fucking kale is what it tastes like, yeah. except now it's burned. I don't know what we're talking about next week, but it'll be exciting to find out. Yeah, it may not have anything to do with Keanu. <laughs> I'm going to assume it probably won't, but you never know. We might pull another bonus episode out on you. We've done it for Shark Month and Hobbit Month and Bat Month, so you never know. Yep. And yep, when John had- Wick 5 comes out, we're going to do a John Wick Month, apparently. So uh, oh, I'm yes, good with it. Because you got four weeks right there. Two, yeah. three, four, and five. We got yeah. it. I'm in. So I'm ready. All right. Well, uh, I guess we will see you guys next time. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. That's how you make dreams happen.